to try to form marketing partnerships where you're leveraging other data or other assets, and then you're amplifying your, your paid marketing on top of that. It's just going to save you cost per every dollar that you spend because you're leveraging things that you don't have. You're listening to the Ecom Exits Podcast with your host, Nate Ginsberg. Learn the best tips and tactics to improve profits, cash flow, and maximize your e-commerce business value on the way to a successful exit. Welcome to the show. Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome back to the Ecom Exits Show. It's your host, Nate Ginsberg, joined today by Yev Marusenko. So Yev is a PhD data scientist and founder of Zon Tracker and AMZ Jet Software. So pretty interesting. Yev has spent more than 10 years in academia studying data science on the way to becoming a PhD. With his softwares, he has processed more than $1 billion in Amazon sales. And so Yev has some really unique and interesting background that led him into the e-commerce and Amazon space and really excited to have him on to share all kinds of good stuff with us. So Yev, thanks for joining us. Excited to be here to talk about Facebook ads and some of the other topics that you like to cover here. Excited as well. And first to start out, how did you go from PhD data scientist to now founder and running these Amazon softwares that help people with Facebook ads? It's one of the things that I feel like a lot of Amazon sellers may relate to some sort of career change or or shift where I was doing something, I I thought it was interesting, but I was doing it for way too long and it wasn't applied enough. So it was more like a early middle life crisis and I wanted to do something more applied. So it it was also uh, where I was doing, uh, it was environmental research and data science stuff, but I felt like there was more. And as soon as I started looking more, I realized that what, what I was doing, that it was kind of like in this box. It was interesting stuff, but it was inside a box and then had to explore more and then got into business and marketing world and found out about Amazon very slowly. And then things actually started growing pretty fast after getting into it. What was your first leap from data science academia into e-commerce? First, it was about half a year of uh, tuning out from what I was doing before. And then getting into reading about social media and, and how to do marketing. But um, it was ultimately where I decided to quit. I feel like you need like to take a big step. So I quit my postdoc position. And then me and my wife, we decided to just move. We were in California at the time. I'm in, in Southern California and then moved to Seattle. So it was that big step. And as, as soon as it was kind of like took me out of the comfort zone and we didn't find a job or anything, we just kind of like quit. But the first week we moved to Seattle, that's when I found out about Amazon. So it was just this timing when close one door, other things open up. And the rest is history where uh, I started an Amazon business, which totally failed right away. But it kind of got me to the next step working for a marketing agency and then learning Facebook ads and then kind of leading into software after that. So I know your, uh, your jam and your expertise is really around using Facebook ads for everything with e-commerce. I know we were chatting about it before we were recording. I mean, not just Amazon launch and rankings, you know, also with other brands that want to use Facebook ads for marketing. And, uh, you know, as the founder of, of your software, so like, you know, maybe first uh, for, for the listeners that might not be familiar, what does your software do and what's unique about it? Yeah, just very quickly about it. Uh, Zon Tracker, it helps with tracking Amazon sales that are coming from Facebook ads. And also it can optimize for Amazon purchase. So kind of like a Facebook pixel, 
and there's different workarounds that happen. And it also allows you to track spillover sales. So that was uh, the second part of one of the things you were saying where you can run traffic to your website, but some people, they just go and buy an Amazon and being able to track some of that spillover. Um, and then the second software, more recent one, AMZ Jet, where it measures geo rank. So that's how ranking is uh, regional across states and then other factors that are important regionally, whether it's inventory or mobile versus suffering, all kinds of like regional factors that are important for the Amazon algorithm. Interesting. How do you track spillover traffic? So you're saying that for people that buy a Facebook ad to your website and then they later go and buy from Amazon, you're able to track that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is where it gets really interesting. Say like, Half of the users, they're really focused on Amazon and that's ranking and like just and, and really trying to drive traffic to Amazon or wherever they're driving traffic, then they're trying to send all of the traffic to Amazon. And then the other half of the users are more brands that have their own website, probably um, in, in retail. So they have, they're focusing on website sales. People are going to Amazon and purchasing, purchasing anyway, because they're like their prime shipping. So it's kind of like these two types of, of users. The entire software is based on sending data back to Facebook. And that data could come from uh, many different ways. So the most common one, and this was about a year ago, Amazon um, tried to like restrict the Amazon API where you can get some data from Amazon and send it to Facebook. But there's basically all kinds of ways where um, even without requiring Amazon is that you have customer data and always sending it back to Facebook for action. And this is happening to book API, but basically you're sending traffic website or to each or it's coming from a product, however it's happening or from Amazon. In the end, you're sending it back to Facebook. The software helps with that. And it helps with the attributes where like, we're telling Facebook where like, here's all of these ads that the person, and we don't know the person, but we know at the aggregated level. And then Facebook API, it does attribution. And it says that, all right, like here's all of these matches that we're finding. So you see a column in Facebook ad manager, here's the happen. And it could have been many chat or a to Amazon, all kinds of different scenarios. So it basically patches kinds of data together and uses the power of the Facebook API of the, the attribution there that says that some basically exposed to the ad account and they saw the mm. ad. So you know that the ad potentially helped with that later purchase. Mm. One thing that I think it's, it's so cool that with your softwares, you have a lot of exposure to see what's working and how people are using your software, which is tracking what people are doing to see what's working. And can you share like, what are some types of campaigns or funnels that you're seeing that people use your software for that you see is, is working these days? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can give you some general answers, but also something very specific because there's type Amazon brands that are, I think it depends on the product, the strategy. So, so for me, it was two years where I was day-to-day of managing all of the marketing for, for, for a brand doing um, everything, the Facebook ads, Amazon. So I kind of had a direct experience for two years before it led to the software. And then I realized that the software was then helping many different brands, but there was so many, uh, such diversity of strategies some brands, one of the things that they would do, and this would be typically for bigger brands, is that they would have a lot of PR and social proof and influencers talking about them and they're in retail and there's all kinds of digital magazines where their brand is mentioned. So like very heavy on branding and, and mentioned. Some brands would run a lot of traffic to those other sources and it's other people's websites and other websites and whether it's a retargeting ad or it's like a good for branding ad. But in a lot of those cases, the end consumer w- w- would see those ads and then they would go on Amazon and buy 
we'd be able to attribute some of that. So then it becomes not just a branding exercise where, all right, we have a big marketing and let's show all of this PR and social proof, but uh, we can actually measure some of those purchases. So this is kind of like more of that um, like extreme end of like the more branding types of ads Amazon brands do and e-commerce brands do, but you don't have control of those other websites of like an influencer's websites that may mention you, but you're sending traffic there. So that's good for the influencer or the other third party and it's good for you because you're leveraging that brand and then in some cases people go back either to your website or to amazon to purchase so that's one extreme end where it's like whoever's already has um, influencers and a lot of uh, branding assets and then the other one's very specific where of uh, like ranking campaigns that you could send traffic whether it's directly to amazon or through many chat or landing pages there's, there's a lot of strategy a lot of discussions and then Facebook groups and YouTube videos on uh, doing ranking campaigns. So we can get into some of those details, but it's being as specific as running a ranking com campaign, but then getting advanced, which a lot of Amazon sellers are not doing. And that's using something like purchase as your metric. A lot of brands use like cost per message. That's how they're evaluating their many chat campaigns or other uh, tools that they're using. And then they evaluate based on that, but it could be a misleading metric because it's a little bit more top of funnel, middle of the funnel. But as soon as you're able to send data back into Facebook, you know what the cost per purchase is. So then you can make your decisions turning ads on or off, knowing which ads to scale based on purchase. Or for some brands, that's like, you know, rebate claims or whatever strategy is being used. But that purchase is uh, the ultimate metric of deciding ad, ad decisions. First, kind of dive in more about rankings, because that's obviously a big topic and something that I know everyone's trying to improve on. And so what are you seeing that's working? What do some funnels look like that you're seeing have success that maybe other people aren't aware of or, or some kind of tweaks other people might not be doing? I would split this answer into two parts. One is that the biggest differences that I see from the brands that's successful and it's more like long-term where like they're able to like rank and the ranking is sticking and they're more efficient with their budget, even if it's bigger budget, is diversification. That's not an, like the exact campaign, but it's more how the campaign is run. So this is, I feel like more important because a lot of brands are saying like, all right, exactly. Are you doing like, are you sending a, like a two-step URL or what are you doing in your menu chat? Or um, like, you know, there's all of those detailed questions and we, we can get to that. And there's a lot of uh, trainings out there by others of exactly like how to rank. But the more important part is that I see the difference that it makes is diversification. So you actually want to include multiple strategies because now Amazon is so much more smarter. I mean, they're getting smarter every year, every Every six months, maybe probably even more frequent now that they're getting smarter in terms of the data that's coming in. So all of the ranking and algorithms, are you sending traffic that's, say, very common, some sort of many chat funnel, right? You're kind of doing some sort of rebate strategy. But then Amazon sees that 99% of your purchases are coming from mobile. And that's not a natural pattern across a lot of brands. So Amazon is now smart enough where they start deranking you or there's going to be a lot more fluctuation in the rank. So that's where diversification is coming in. And normally, if you're a bigger brand, it's a natural process where you're a bigger brand, so people hear about you from different sources, so that diversification is natural. You don't even have to like force it. But when smaller, smaller brands, it's easier for Amazon to detect some sort of spike of activity that seems unnatural. First part of that answer is the process. You have to have diversified enough funnels, and don't do something where you split your marketing strategy into like 10 different funnels. I'll mention some. You can actually do all of these, but... Don't do it where it's like 10% each strategy. Instead, do one that's like 75%. So you can actually master that funnel. And let's say it is some sort of 
many chat funnel that uh, you're sending to, to Amazon, but then the other 25% split it up across five different strategies. Uh, so do something, you're sending traffic to your website or a landing page, you're capturing email, then you're, you're, you're sending people to Amazon ultimately, but it's through some other funnel where you're actually directing people to um, like do it from their desktop. That way, not all sales are mobile, some are sales are from, from desktop. And then uh, you can start getting into GeoRank. This, this gets a little bit more tricky. This is where people buying from. You can just have uh, just automatic placement targeting where that, those sales are coming from all kinds of different states, but you can try to see where your competitors, where they have lower ranking in certain states. So you want to ensure you actually have inventory near those states to drive ranking only to certain states. Uh, but the point is trying to diversify of how that traffic is coming to, to Amazon. So that would, that would be the first part where the mm-hmm. process, make sure you have a diversified enough funnel. That way Amazon sees various signals of data and they're not going to like all of their smart AI and, and all of the data isn't going to derank you or, or penalize you for doing a certain strategy. Because mm-hmm. then the second part of the answer is there's all kinds of strategy and sometimes the best strategy is not going to work for a certain brand, right? Like we always see these exceptions in groups and discussions where like, oh, I did something that someone else did. I'm not ranking as fast or it's very volatile. Most people are looking at a single traffic source to build their list. I hadn't really thought about, you know, diversifying that or like the need to diversify that. But mm-hmm. I guess, like you said, I mean, I guess Amazon's getting smarter and smarter and um, much mobile only traffic. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I could see that being... Um, you know, detrimental to your to your efforts if it doesn't look natural. Yeah, um, and this is yeah, and uh, like different sources too. And this is why I said it's it's still important to maximize it. So if something is working for somebody, like s- still do that, but maybe don't do it like a hundred percent of your time. Cut that down a little bit so you're experimenting with other channels because you know we hear that Google ads may work in certain cases, Facebook ads, Pinterest. It depends on the category. So then it's having some of that macro diversification too, not just micro diversifying where it's within Facebook ads, how is that traffic getting to Amazon, but then it's other channels as well. But you do want to keep it simple and master one of those channels. So, so that is still key. Don't like get distracted. We're like, all right, then you're doing all of these other ones and you don't figure out any of them, but that's mm-hmm. more for after you figure out one of them, then expand into these other ones. So it's diversified. I guess, how does one diversify their traffic there? Like if it starts with Facebook ads, do you just have some of it that goes to a website that goes to an opt-in and some of it that goes to a chat bot and some of it that goes to Amazon or like, uh, how does one diversify their traffic when I guess they're buying it all from a single source? This is one of the things I see a lot of agencies do really well. Uh, so when I'm having discussions with agency or people at agencies where they typically have better uh, processes because they have like a dedicated media buyer or someone that's on the team that's always running ads compared to brands. If they have a dedicated media buyer brand, then usually they do this too. But a lot of brands don't is the structure of campaigns. So any types of campaigns that you're setting up, so I'm talking specifically about Facebook ads, you want to make sure you have good structure that you're separating each campaign that you know where it's going to go. Is this cold traffic, warm traffic? You're not just like blending it all together because as soon as you start segmenting it out, the next, the answer to your question becomes much easier is how do you then send, uh, diversify that traffic? Well, when you know if it's cold or hot traffic, uh, you want to make sure that that cold traffic is coming down to the lower to the funnel. And then uh, the cold traffic, it doesn't matter like where it's coming from, like it's all going down further. But then 
the warmer traffic, this is where you start communicating with them in a different way, where you're in many chats, some of the people you're sending into a Facebook group, where then you're linking off from a, a Facebook group or to an email capture form or different steps where rather than saying, all right, here's your instructions to make the purchase and you're saying that in many chat, actually give those some sort of uh, where you know a percentage of the traffic is seeing a different message or you're sending them and you're telling them do these steps, but they're reading it from your website and you're telling them do this from desktop. It's essentially having separate fields, in other words, separate ad sets or separate campaigns where you're separating that traffic and ad manager. So one is you're just being organized. So that's like that campaign structure mm. and hierarchy where that simplifies it, where now you have different directions, cold, warm traffic, and each one could be dedicated exactly to those different funnels where one, you know, it's going to lead to an email. One is to a Facebook group, many chat, one of them directly to Amazon. So you want to have really good naming, good uh, campaign structure. And then within the campaigns, that's the, just your URL of wherever you're sending people, making sure that you have that set up where this URL is taking them to a uh, many chat flow. Uh, another one is to a landing page, or it's going to a duplicate of the many of the many flow. You're sending traffic into two different areas. You have published really amazing, epic guide to different Facebook funnel ideas for Amazon sellers, and you you kind of broke down different funnels. You know, Facebook to directly to Amazon, Facebook to website, Facebook to chatbot, Facebook for all these different funnel paths you identify which ones are most effective and which ones are least effective. And so it's a huge document, obviously don't have time to get into all of it. But you know, if we're talking to somebody who they want help driving more sales, driving better rankings, what are a couple funnels that they should look at as well as what ones are maybe people often using that they are better off avoiding? I'm going to relate this to your previous question where how do you start that diversification because I know sometimes I start talking about this and it gets overwhelming really fast to people. Like, oh, I just need to outsource this or hire someone because there's like so many things to do, so many things to keep track of. So this is where start with what you have and the best part is just duplicating that and changing it a little bit. So if you, most Amazon sellers run like a few ads, just a couple of ads, testing really fast where there's dozens of variations of each image of the audiences you're testing. And then at some point you get into testing the funnels. So if you're, uh, let's say this is very common where you're running many chat flow and may maybe you're using some other tools, whether you have seller tools or seller chatbot, other tools that, uh, that, that's helping you. So, uh, and you have certain messaging in there. So the first thing you want to is test different me messaging. So if you're running rebate campaigns and that ranking where like, like that's still working, that's very affecting your ranking. But another question is, what's the quality of that audience and that's sustainable or not? So there's some strategies where you have the highest quality audience ever. And this is content marketing where in your many chat flows or, or your ads to your website, you could just throw a lot of content in there educating your consumers, but it's going to take a while to convert those customers. This is the best in the long term. So a lot of people like don't hear that of doing strategies because it's not going to be like immediate impact, but start diversifying. If you have rebate campaigns, do some campaigns where you just have another offer where you increase the quality of the audience. Then just don't do rebates. You know um, percentage of traffic that you have. So continue those flows because you already optimize them. So you're amplifying data that you already have and what you learned. For example, how people are, are making it low or certain ads have higher click-through rates than others. But then just start changing the wording where 
you know it's going to select for a different type of audience where it's not uh, freebie seekers or someone that's looking to uh, get a product uh, for free or even like the, the rebate strategy. So uh, as soon as you start mixing up that language, you're doing it based on something you were doing before, but now it's a much higher quality audience and your cost per purchase is going to get worse uh, really fast. But this is going to be the other end of the spectrum where you're going to be building up that data over time is going to improve. So this is what you have to keep in mind is that the data is very iterative and Facebook improves that learning over time. Uh, so the quickest thing for anyone is to do is just duplicate whatever you're doing. And usually most brands are just not testing enough. So the first thing is duplicate it and test one factor, whether it's different images or headlines or wording or your math or on your landing page that test a different offer. Whether it's not as big of a discount, it's already going to select for a different quality audience, usually a better quality audience. And yes, your conversion rates are going to hurt, but that's the trade-off because uh, a lot of brands that are like really effective with ranking and rebates, at some point they start asking, all right, how can I make this sustainable so I don't need to be uh, giving away product? Um, and you probably still will need to, but just at a much smaller rate than, than before. One of the more common Facebook ad ranking, driving sales tactics is going to be, you know, Facebook to chatbot to then use that to build your chat audience and then use that to drive sales, drive reviews, you know, get rebates. What would you recommend if sellers want two things, if they want to have an effective way to drive sales and rankings and get reviews, as well as building up some sort of owned asset, you know, with those both in mind of driving sales, yeah, being able to drive sales and rankings and building their own, you know, assets that they control, what would you recommend? It's a trick question because what I hear a lot of people answer this is that, of course, building up your audience is the best, you know, it's like, yeah, do that, but then I'll answer the uh, don't have as budget or they need, need to see a quicker ranking effect. So like, well, like I can't do that. So what's the quickest hack? So, so I'm kind of like in that world of in between because I see it such a variety. So what I would do is that you have to mix it up. Like the, the ranking strategies, the rebate strategies, those are the quickest and they work. So like I would suggest doing that to a certain degree because it's going to give you quick wins. At some point you have to stop it really fast because either your budget is going to be higher or it's not sustainable. And some brands are, are always doing that. But at the same time, you have to do the other extreme where you are building up that, that audience, your list, and a high-quality list, not just a ranking list because you'll, you'll build that up, but then it's going to want rebates all of the time or free products. So you have to build up other audience at the same time. But this is where conversion rate makes such a big difference is that with any type of really high discount or rebate, your conversion rates are going to be really high. Someone that's seeing the ad going through your funnel and purchasing that, that's going to be 25 to 50 conversion rate. That's really high. It's quality of audience, but the ranking effect is like it's working. It's, it's there. While on the other end, if you're sending traffic directly to Amazon or journey directly to Amazon, your conversion rates are going to be like 0.001%. Like really, it's, it's not like the 20% Amazon listing conversion rate or the website 3% e-commerce conversion rate. It's going to be under 0.1% because social experience, shopping experience, it just doesn't happen. It has to be a warmer audience. But then in between those two is the like the 1% conversion rates where you're taking someone through a funnel, some content, but not like a discount offer. It's more about you're solving some problem through education or content. 
and uh, you like foreshadowing that there is going to be a prop uh, a product related to this. So usually conversion rates are in between, and the audience quality is in between. So it's like everything is in between the cost, the conversion, but it, it may take you longer to find that out. So if you're a brand where you need to see results right away, don't do that extreme option where you're sending traffic directly to Amazon. It's the easiest, but it's the worst conversion rate. So you're just not going to get sales. You may get some external traffic ranking boost because there's other engagement happening on Amazon. So Amazon may reward you with a little bit of ranking boost, but ultimately sales aren't happening unless you're spending like at least $500 per day on ads where you're testing enough, where you're going through dozens of images um, every few days and you're like really maximizing that click-through rate. Otherwise, like the directly to Amazon isn't going to work. So what I would just for those ranking rebid campaigns, you can still continue to do that, but an additional step for that. This is where you try to maximize the quality of the audience before you kind of degrade it. <laughs> Don't do like where people are expecting it's going to be some sort of freebie or rebate. Your conversion rate is definitely going to tank if, if you're not going to say that. But still, if you can get like that's going to be great. So that's where you're really solving a problem. And then you're, you're moving that audience into a high quality list depending on what they're, what they're saying. So whether it's some survey questions in your fund uh, about that problem that as soon as someone is more excited about a potential problem and their life is going to be solved, they're turning quickly into that high quality audience. So some of that audience, based on certain survey answers or engagement in a menu chat flow, they're never going to see your rebate flow. They're going to just go into another form, but you start that from the beginning. And whoever doesn't fit that is going to be like 95 or 97% of the audience. And they'll go into your rebate that you were going to do. So that's one way if like the ranking rate is the easiest thing, it's the quickest thing, but it's also, it's, it's not sustainable, not in the long term. So try to duplicate that and a little bit, add other steps into your flow to audience quality, and then send them into your, continue sending into the flow as you review anyway. A quick way for success is a rebate campaign, discounted product offer to drive sales and like how that that can work and it can drive sales. The problem is then you're building an audience of people that just want discounts versus adding in a step before, whether it's with like high quality content or providing some value to them first to qualify the audience. When you insert that step, it's, it's a longer term play. Like on the first campaign, it'll cost more to build that audience and to, to drive sales, but it's going to be higher quality. And so in the long term, it'll be, it'll be more effective. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the important distinction I want to make is that there's a lot of similar, right? Like it's, you, you do high quality content and content marketing, and that's much better than like content offers. So a lot of sellers think you do one or the other. What I'm saying is that you do the first one, uh, like the content route, the high quality route, and you do the other one leveraging the same audience that doesn't make it into that funnel. So that's where you can retargeting or other ch- or parts of the flow where there's already some brand exposure and they didn't kind of like catch the, the first part. They weren't interested in your high quality content, no discount, is just talking about the problem solution. And then they're continuing to that journey into what you were going to do, like the low quality audience, but you know, high discount and higher conversion route. So you kind of like merging. That's why from ad specific kind of technical perspective, campaign is important is that you're setting this up. Don't think of this as two totally separate experiments that you're running. Like it's all like one big customer journey. Some people go one way and some go the other way. So you're you're leveraging previous costs and previous learning that you spent 
as opposed to, all right, there's like two totally different marketing strategies that you're not, that's not the yeah. way to go about it because it's going to be a lot of extra ad spend. So yeah, looking at everything as like a piece of a whole, as opposed to an individual campaign. I mean, there are individual campaigns, but like, yeah, thinking of them more holistically and how they all play together. It's not just like one campaign, one goal, one result. It's, it's how these all things uh, play together. So say a brand spending, you know, a hundred dollars a day currently on, on Facebook, what are things that they can do or ways to, to look to, you know, scale that to say a thousand dollars a day? Yeah, this, this is the biggest thing. This is where one of the important patterns I see across brands, they spend more across agencies, across accounts. There's, there's so much difference across brands because of the product and the strategies and the audience. One thing that is similar is that after increasing spend, the amount of testing increases. So if there's any patterns I found across brands is that the bigger they are, the more spend, the more testing they do. So, and this is across categories, across everything, average order value, types of audiences. This means that you need to be testing a lot more images, a lot more audience, a lot of more of these different funnels. And you have to think of it as that the first initial campaigns are going to be a total loss, but you're paying for data. You're learning so you can move into the next stage. So you can go from $100 uh, per day ad spend. Out of that, only 10, 10 of those dollars have been spent on successful ads have the highest click-through rates, getting you engagement that you want, purchases. Another nine, you will spend on crap ads, but you just throw it down to the top 10%. Now move that into the next round. So when $200 per day, again, a small percentage of that will be for successful ads, while the rest is you're adding in more layers of testing. Now you're building more lookalikes and different types of funnels. So that's one pattern of getting to $1,000 per day is that you have to add uh, like more and more testing, but very scientifically, right? Like each thing has to be a factor. You're testing the headlines, the, the, the offer, each thing is a factor. So you have to kind of like split test it, learn from it, and then do the next split test all in that uh, time frame of when you're choosing which ads to cut or not. And also having like low quality metrics versus high quality metrics is that if you can get the Cost per purchase, great. Um, like that's not as easy to do. There's like you know, software helps with that. We try to do that manually, but use cost per purchase or use a different middle of the funnel metrics. So that would be the biggest mm. thing that I see brands that are moving up at that level of getting to $1,000 per ad spend and then getting into five, dollars $10,000 per day ad spend on Facebook ads is that the testing increases. So by the time you're spending $1,000 per day, uh, you better be having at least 100 ads running like at once um, across like 20 or 50 different ad sets, depending on your campaign structure. As soon as you're up to $5,000 per day, like at least several hundred ads going at the same time. And out of those ads, there's probably like 10 different experiments where which each experiment is anywhere between five and 20 ads testing a certain factor. So mm. if you're at like 20 to $100 per day and you have, you know, like, a handful of campaigns and a handful of ad sets in each one and you're at somewhere between like five and 20 ads, like, yeah, you're probably where you should be, but get ready to like test a lot more and lose money on learning. And then you're narrowing down to what's working. So you're always uh, like blending in um, objectives, types of Facebook objectives. And then um, the audiences come with that. And then I would say that varies depending if you're focused on Amazon or you're focused on your website, but you happen to have 
uh, an Amazon store, then you're doing, you know, spillover sales talked about at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Cool. So what, I mean, man, I know we, we've, we've covered a lot. Uh, and I mean, there's, there's a lot, uh, it's a big topic and there's, there's a, you know, um, an infinite amount of kind of, uh, holes we can, we can kind of, you know, keep, keep going down. But so, uh, to kind of st- start to wrap up, if they want to have long-term success building their business using Facebook ads, you know, what, what would be your, your number one tip? I definitely have to split that into two answers. One is beginners, one is advanced. <laughs> Just so a beginner doesn't listen to the advanced tip and get, uh, gets, gets overwhelmed. Sure, sure. But, but I would say for advanced brands, and this is something we talked about before the call and something I've been uh, really excited about recently is how can you have uh, marketing partnerships that will allow you to amplify your paid ads even more? Uh, what that means is, uh, you know, whether you're, buying traffic assets or you're partnering with brands in different way where you're leveraging something that you don't have, whether it's branding and actually like real branding, real social proof, not just, uh, you know, you just like put a logo of something and it's something where uh, people can verify whether it's like with bigger brands. So trying to form partnerships and then you're able to leverage whether it's extra data audiences, as long as it's allowed within, you know, privacy and laws and, and all of that. So, um, leveraging some sort of asset that uh, even like product propositions or something that solves a problem, but it may not be like a physical um, e-commerce product. It could be something exactly in your field, but it could be from like a service or some sort of other like digital product where there's a lot of branding and problems being solved. So try to form marketing partnerships where you're leveraging other data or other assets, and then you're amplifying your, your paid marketing on top of that. It's just going to save you cost per every dollar that you spend because you're leveraging things that you don't have. Anytime somebody sees an ad, there's like 10 different check marks that instantly go off in their head. All right, like, is this real? Is this a scam? Uh, do I trust this? Who recommended this? You know, all of these different like emotional analytical factors that go off. And as a brand, you probably have, you know, three, four or five of those you can cover. Whatever you don't have, form a partnership in some way with another brand or, or uh, another asset out there to do that. So whether, you know, this comes in, um, investing in other brands or kind of partnering in, di- in different ways. So that's exciting for more advanced brands. Mm-hmm. All right. For, for well, beginners, uh, this is where usually beginners are more overwhelmed because they have just like a lot, like less team or less resources. This is where you have to take the first step to testing multiple factors. So this, this would be the one thing we, we talked about this earlier, but test one more, test one more thing than how, how you're testing before. So just, Duplicate your, your campaigns and test another headline or test another marketing strategy. If you're kind of like got into testing like the rebates and rankings, try to do the exact same thing, but without like a rebate offer just to see how is it going to compare? What click-through rates are you going to get? Because maybe you're going to start getting purchases, but you don't have to have this extra marketing spend of giving up a product. So you'll kind of have a comparison point. And that's what a lot of beginners don't have, a comparison point in their marketing. So to simplify that point, Anything that you're testing with your Facebook ads, uh, just duplicate it and test one more factor, whether it's visual, the content, the images, or your offer. That's usually one of the biggest things that's going to see an effect in the uh, performance going up or down, but it'll give you a comparison point, how you, you can ensure you have higher quality audience. That way it's good for you in the long term, because as a beginner, you don't want to start like doing strategies that are not sustainable and they catch up to you and they like crush you. You just can't recover because you, you weren't building up 
your own audience or a good enough like retargeting audience that you can leverage. Uh, so that would be for more beginners. Just take that step to have a, a more of a comparison point in your marketing of split testing a little bit more because I just don't see uh, enough beginners testing enough. They just run one ad or a couple of ads and the poor performance they get, they're like, oh, that worked or that didn't work. Well, you don't have enough to be able to make that decision yet if it worked or it didn't. Uh huh. Well, I think that's uh, good advice. Uh, and, and yeah, I appreciate you uh, sharing something for the more, more advanced uh, marketers, advertisers, uh, as well as something for people that are, you know, more, more getting started with that because, because yeah, I mean, obviously uh, some, you know, different advice depending on, depending on your level of experience and expertise and, and um, yeah, man. Yeah. But this has been uh, incredibly, I mean, super, super interesting. Um, and I mean, one of the, the big things for me is just, uh, and I know we, we really only scratched the surface of, you know, any of these things and um, different funnels or strategies and, uh, you know, uh, it can get quite complex and, and, and yeah, you're, you're clearly a, uh, a wealth of, of knowledge and information around, you know, anything of what people are doing with Facebook. And so, so yeah, uh, but want to be respectful of your time, of course. And uh, I think we can, you know, wrap it up there. And, and with that, Yev, can you please share with the audience how they can, um, you know, get in contact, uh, find out more about your softwares or, uh, whatever it is that, uh, um, yeah, what else you're up to? Best way is uh, search in Facebook for Zontracker. My, my Facebook group will come up, um, so that's probably the best way. Um, you can connect with me personally. I'm on LinkedIn as well, um, but I would say uh, connect with me in any way on Facebook through Zontracker. All right. Well, yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, it was great to chat. And uh, Thank you. I really enjoyed that. Hope it was helpful. All right. Thanks. This has been the Ecom Exits podcast with Nate Ginsberg. If you're enjoying the Ecom Exits podcast, show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. This will help other smart entrepreneurs find us. We appreciate your support. We have a new episode every week on the Ecom Exits podcast. So, catch you next time.